Well, everybody, welcome back to the Trick Fox Joy Gold TV on this beautiful Sunday. It is August the 13th. Wow. Hm. Just thought about something. Two years ago today was the beginning of my new life. Two years ago today, it was a Friday the 13th. Amazing. Great things he hath done. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. So, I wanted to talk about the power of a lie of a destructive lie speaking of two years ago today because I was reading out of second uh, Kings actually excuse me first Kings chapter 19 about the story of Elijah and Jezebel and the lie that she told him and how he ran for maybe months years from his calling because of because of a lie that he believed it wasn't the lie it wasn't Jezebel it was it wasn't maybe even Elijah, it certainly wasn't God who did this. It was Elijah believing the lie, the satanic lie. And it's amazing how it nearly destroyed him, almost to the point of death. Elijah got so low, if you know the story, from the lie that he believed that he wanted to end his life. He ran, he hid, he forgot his calling, he forgot his, his assignment. He lost perspective, he got physically ill, emotionally, psychologically exhausted, and he couldn't hear God. Everything kind of just went south until God spoke to him and began to restore his mind, his body, his health, his, his spirit most of all, and by defeating that lie with the truth of God. And that's really what what I want to talk about is the power of a lie, but then the greater power is the truth of Jesus. God says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through him. And so in order for you and I to stop believing the lie, we have to speak the truth, believe the truth, listen to the truth. And as we hear the truth of God, then we defeat that lie. And so, as you know the story, Jezebel was a the wife of a king, but she worshipped Baal. She was basically a promiscuous, lying woman who was a false prophet, who was a snake, who was a thief and a liar. She really represents the devil in many ways. In some ways, it represents what Eve went through with the snake, with the devil at the Garden of Eden. And the power of a lying tongue and in this case, of the power that a woman has upon a man. A woman has an amazing influence over a man if she speaks the truth into that man's life. But if she speaks lies and deception, then she can destroy a whole kingdom. And in this case, a prophet, a man of God. And so it's amazing how we believe lies. I wrote a song called Don't Believe the Lies because... It is so easy for me, for many of us, to believe lies. I don't mean necessarily little lies. I'm talking about the major ones. What are the lies that you might be believing right now about yourself? Something that came as a result of an event, of a divorce, of a maybe a broken relationship. Someone said something, you went through a job loss or through a financial crisis, and not only did the circumstances happen, but the lie behind that got into your head. 
And so when I went through my loss two years ago today, ironic, the lie that I believed is I'm a failure. The truth of God is I have value and I, I'm worthy to be used in the kingdom of God. And this is a lie that I've been believing for many years. And this is the thing about lies is that they're not brand new lies. They are the same old lies that you've been believing or running away from for many years. It doesn't really tell us in 1 Kings 19, but my guess is that Elijah had dealt with this lie beforehand in the past. This wasn't the first time that he had heard or believed this lie of a lying tongue telling him, I'm going to kill you. So his unique lie was for his physical well-being, that he was going to be killed by this woman. And so he obviously had a fear of death. He was worried about his body and his maybe his children, his wife, his legacy. He, just being, he was just being a human being. Now, I was listening to a sermon on this, and he was saying, imagine if Elijah, when he heard this lie, and instead of him believing it, he would have said, oh yeah, bring it. The God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God who just defeated 400 prophets of Baal, the Baal that you serve, he's going to come and kill you. Imagine if Elijah had done that. Instead, he didn't. Imagine if you, every time that you hear that lie, you would defeat the lie with the truth of God. What would that do to you? How would that change your present, your, your past, your future? Well, I can tell you what would happen. You would become the person that God intends you to be. A woman filled with love and joy and peace. A man filled with power, courage, and kindness. You would become the man and the woman that you are supposed to be. You would get into that master's degree. You would get your doctorate. You would go and become the, the director of that nonprofit. You would start that Bible study. You would go and get in shape. You would go and help your children. You would go and lead and serve others. You would be a joy bringer. But when we're believing the lie, we are still acting, maybe even look normal to people. We're still, we may look the same, but we're acting from the lie. See, the lie has power and it deceives us. It has energy. The, the, the devil has energy. It's satanic energy. It's, it's demonic power, but it has power. And so you can go a long way living in the demonic, doing things from the demonic. I don't mean that you're acting maybe for the devil, but the energy comes from that fear. And fear comes from the devil. Truth comes from, from above. And so when you're living in fear or in judgment or in anger or in shame, any of those lies, in that lower energy, quote unquote, in that, in that lower dimension, as some people call it, it's, it gives you power, but it's a power that comes from the devil and it destroys you. But when you live from the power that comes from God, you bring joy, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, and self-restraint, and gozo, as we call it here, right? Living a life of gozo. And so we have to defeat those lies. Now, how do we become aware of the lies? Well, as I said, that's a process that takes a lot of self-awareness and discernment and coaching and therapy and a lot of prayer, a lot of contemplation, writing. These are all the things that I do to finally understand when I am in my lie and not just being me. People often say, that's just me. But really, you're living a lie. People will say, well, that's just how I was raised. Well, yeah, but you're living the lie. Well, people may say, well, that's just my, 
my style or the trauma that I went through, that's why I'm this way. You're believing a lie. And you know it because it doesn't bring you any peace or joy or, or, or kindness. It brings you destruction. But when we believe the truth of God, who we are in God's eyes, then we do the opposite. We live in joy and peace and kindness. We have patience. We have self-control. We can wait on the Lord. So when I'm living in my lie, which is failure, which is shame, which is fear, then I shrink. I will shrink from the things that I know God has called me to do. I will run from the people that I know God has called me to love. But when I believe the truth of God, I move towards those people to bless them, to, to love them, to guide them, to coach them, mentor them, to, to speak life into their lives. I live in my wisdom. I live in my love. I live in my, in my relationships. But when I'm living the lie or believing the lie, I isolate. I withdraw because I'm living in shame. I think I have nothing of worth to bring to you. And so therefore... Why spend time with you? And those are all the lies of the enemy. There are basically nine lies. The first one is of I'm not perfect. The second one is I am not loved or lovable. The third one is I am a failure. The fourth one is I am not unique. The fifth one is I am not intelligent. The sixth one is I am without support. The seventh one is I do not have freedom. The eighth one is I am being controlled. And the ninth one is, I am lazy. Basically, there are the seven deadly sins, the Proverbs 6 and 7, plus a couple. And so, for that's the Enneagram, of course, if you're familiar with the Enneagram. If you relate to any of those lies, or maybe more than one, then you can begin to look for that and say, oh, wow, I'm acting this way with my husband because I'm believing the lie. That I am being controlled instead of loving him, my husband, let's say, or my kids. That I'm a failure instead of saying I have so much value and I can give you so much. That I am not uh, unique enough. And so instead of being a blessing, instead I'm trying to, to be not like you and to isolate from you. There are all these sins, all these habits or all these vices that we carry. Basically, there are nine deadly lies, deadly sins. There are unconscious motivations or things that we don't even know that we're doing, but in some ways we do know because we can tell in our bodies. There's no peace, there's no joy. We deal with backaches or migraines or rashes or gastro GI problems or you name it, emotional problems, certainly fear, anxiety, depression. So those things tell us that we're living the lie, we're believing the lie. And two years ago on this August the 13th, I began to believe a lie. And by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit, I stopped believing it. I think it was around January of this year. So it's been about eight months. I'm not saying that I don't believe it at times. I still definitely fall back. And Satan tempts me and tries to lie to me, and I will fall for his lies. But by the grace of God, certainly this year, I've been more able to live in the truth of the gospel, live in the truth that pertains to me. Like Elijah, he was living a lie. But by the grace of God, as you know the story, God spoke to him. And he didn't speak to him in a miraculous way or in a, in a boom. He spoke to him in a quiet, maybe normal way. 
perhaps in an unexpected way. He didn't speak to him, as you know the story, Second, First Kings 19. He didn't speak to him in the storm. He wasn't in the fire. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the shock. He was in the whisper. But the whisper brought forth the truth of God, and that was the power. The power wasn't in the manifestation. The power was in the manifester himself, in Jesus, in Jesus Christ. The power is not so much in the miracle. The power is in the miracle worker behind the miracle. It doesn't matter how big or how small the voice of God sounds to you. It doesn't matter how loud the preacher is or how quiet he is. It doesn't matter how famous or how many followers the speaker has or not online. All that matters is that you are listening. And, and the truth of God could come from a very small content creator like myself and many others it could come from a child it could come from a book you're reading it could come from you just thinking and praying at night it can come from unexpected places the power is not in the delivery but in the deliver mate in the deliver in jesus name and that's the power of the truth of god that's the power of the god of god's word power of, of the word of god so I want to read to you a few verses here from second. Excuse me, I keep saying second. It's First Kings nineteen, the part about Elijah at Oreb and how he kept running. So this is God saying to Elijah, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" Isn't that a crazy question? What are you doing here? I find that when I'm in my lie, that's what God says to me. What are you doing here, Trig? What? Why are you here? I don't mean physically. Why are you mentally here? It could be physically. Maybe you find yourself at a bar, you find yourself online, you find yourself with people that you know you shouldn't be with, with friends and, and family even. Like Adam, right? Where are you, Adam? Why are you hiding from me? Oh, the woman you gave me lied to me and she you know, blamed her, right? If you're blaming the church, your leaders, your boss, your kids, your friend, your husband, you might be living a lie. And so God often comes and says, why are you here? Why are you believing a lie? And so Elijah says, well, I have been zealous for you, God, for the sons of Israel have forsaken your covenant, and I alone am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So like typical man, typical human, he's blaming everyone else. He's saying, woe is me. After all I did for them, after all I did for him, after all I did for her, after all I did for that job, and they didn't pay me enough, value me enough, they chose someone else over me, blah, blah, blah. We're living a lie. Now, those things really happened to Elijah, but he was believing the lie. He wasn't able to say, even though that happened to me, I know that my Redeemer lives. Tell that woman that I'm coming after her in the name of God the Father, in the name of the, of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He didn't say that. All those things that he mentioned were true. That really happened. The things that you went through really happened. I lost my job. I lost my income. I lost my office. I lost on this day two years ago. I lost my identity. That really happened. I'm not saying it didn't happen. But instead of me saying, okay, God, you got it. You got this. Instead, I believed a lie for a while. And that's what happens. We take those circumstances and we tell ourselves like another book I've been reading called Hope and Help for Your Nerves and Anxiety Now, we believe the second lie. 
the first lie is there and then we believe a second lie or I think he calls it the first fear and second fear or the first panic and second panic the first fear is of actually of what actually happened but then we add on top of that a second fear Elijah believed a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie now what did God say to him did he say oh I'm so sorry Elijah no he said go forth and stand on the mountain and behold the Lord was passing by so he said go and stand on the mountain before the Lord he said come to me Elijah seek my face Elijah hear my voice Elijah believe the truth Elijah Jesus is the way the truth and the life Elijah listen to the truth of God the Father God the Son God the Holy Spirit listen to me Elijah go stand on that mountain and listen and wait for me and I'm telling you that's what God is always saying to us in no uncertain way he's saying to us listen to me son listen to me daughter what is the truth of my word what is the truth of my spirit who am I to you who have I been in the past Elijah remember what I just did a few days ago but God it's everything has changed and they and, and this lie that this woman said to me she, she's gonna kill me God and where are you where are all my chariots where's where's my sword and my shield and where are you God you left me here I, I'm the only one that's left woe is me Lord even you have left me Elijah might as well have said that right that's why God said go stand on that mountain get out of that cave and go seek my face and so you know the story right God was God wasn't in the storm God wasn't in the wind God wasn't in the earthquake God was not in the in the fire but he was in the gentle blowing when Elijah heard it isn't that beautiful he heard the voice of God and that's what heals us is listening like this preacher was saying today we have to remember we have to uh, I think he said wait and listen remember what God has done wait for the Lord you have to you have to wait in the cave wait for him to restore you wait for him to bring you food and shelter and and, re and health and restore you physically mentally and emotionally and then listen and it's great that Elijah was able to listen the prodigal son when he was far from his father he heard a voice from God saying go back to your father it's uh, it's really uh, a shame when we can't hear God that's when we really need to be afraid or concerned as we can no longer hear God and really all we have to do is just confess and say Lord forgive me normally what blocks our ears is sin is giving into temptation is acts of destruction is our own flesh our own sinfulness all you have to do is say Lord forgive me and that block will be removed he will hear you or you will hear him you will see clearly you will know who God is you will listen to him once again you'll be able to hear his voice and that's what Elijah did it says that he heard the voice of God amen that he heard him it says he then wrapped his face in his mantle went out stood in the entrance of the came of the cave and a voice came to him and said what are you doing here and so he goes and tells his sad story again you know there's nothing wrong with you telling your sad story it happens and God understands us I know I'm one who tells that same story over and over again and sometimes I think man God must be so tired of my same sad story oh this happened and 
Are you that type of person that tends to live in the past, in the pain of the past, not in the greatness of your of of God's faithfulness? God God understands. But you have to be aware that you're just reliving the lie. And every time you tell the lie, oh, two years ago today, oh, a year ago, this horrible thing happened, and God was not there, and everyone left me. Every time that you go over that, you're training your mind and your body to believe that lie. You're telling your subconscious, you're telling your spirit to keep this lie alive. Instead, you have to say, yes, this happened, but God was faithful. God rescued me. So I can say today without a shadow of a doubt that even though two years ago today a lie was told, spiritually I'm talking about, there were no real lies, but I mean maybe, but I believe the spiritual lie, a Jezebel. I can say that God was faithful, that God was there. And finally, after being in the cave, after God restoring my soul, blah, 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 starting this year, even through, the, even through the loss of my father-in-law, God began to restore my soul. And I began to hear his voice, his still, small voice. And I began to believe the truth. And through people and circumstances and choices that I made and being with the right people at the right time and things that I stopped doing, things that I began to do, most of all, listening to the Holy Spirit, God, God's voice became clearer to me. His voice was always there. I just was looking for the wrong thing. And even the, the difficult things that have happened even this year. Some jobs that I really wanted that didn't happen. People that I am no longer in relationship with. Whatever. Even through those things, I could hear God saying, Son, I'm right here. David, I'm right here next to you. I'm with you. David, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And so God says to Elijah, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you have arrived, you shall anoint Hazael king over Aram. Basically, he says, go return. Return on your way. Go back to where you came from, Elijah. Go back to where you belong. Isn't it beautiful? It's not something new, per se. It's just go back to who you've always been. In my case, a worshiper, disciple maker, lover of people, teacher, guide, mentor. Go back to who you've always been, David, a teacher of the Word of God, an encourager of people. Go back to being a worshiper. Go back, Elijah, to who, to where you came from. Go back and anoint the next king. Keep moving. Keep going because my kingdom has no end. And I want to use you in my kingdom. There's still so much more work for you to do. The other day I was coaching a, uh, a friend and she was telling me how she also went through a job challenge about two years ago, same kind of time frame, August, September of two years ago. And every time that she goes back, she's in education to a district meeting. She sees all the people that she had conflict with two years ago and she feels a ton of shame and anger and frustration and fear. And, but she's beginning to tell herself a different story through the coaching that we have together every week, we meet twice a week, she's beginning to listen to the voice of God, not to her lies, not to that lie, not to Jezebel. And so I think this week she has a meeting and she was telling me, what do I do? Should I even go? I don't feel ready. And I was telling her, who are you to them? And she was saying, well, I'm a joy bringer. I'm a woman of faith and of kindness and of of 
class and of gentleness and of uh, encouragement. And I said, well, you go and be that person to them. Go back and re-enter the kingdom of God. Now, it's been a while, so it's not as if that's always the, the answer to do that right away. There is a time and a place for these things. It's got to be God who speaks to you, not man, not people, not a coach, not a pastor. God can use all those people, but it has to be God. Now, I'm not saying disobey God, but I'm saying wait on the Lord. Wait for Him to speak to you. And so I hope that my friend who I'm coaching, when she goes back to work these next few weeks and she goes to these district meetings that she will feel more ready to be herself regardless of Jezebel. Maybe Jezebel will be in the room, meaning the lie. Maybe the Jezebel is in her mind still, but we're working every day to defeat that lie. The lies are powerful. There's a power that these lies have over us. We don't even know that we're living from them, that we're acting out because of them, that we're doing too much or not doing enough or giving into addictions or into hate or into anger or defending ourselves or blaming others. We're, we don't even know that that's all a result of the power of the lie. But the power that is greater is the power of the truth of Jesus Christ. The power that comes from above. And when you begin to live in that truth, great things happen. We begin to love others. We go back to the true us. It's one of the things that my therapist reminds me of is, David, you will always be David. No matter what people say or what you went through two years ago, last year, whatever it may be, your worth is based on the Lord, not on the outcomes. And so when I believe that truth that he reminds me of, and God does use him, he is that small voice in my life, man, I am back live streaming, encouraging, and driving, and engaging, and doing things that are in my, in my wheelhouse, doing the things that are, are my gifts, my talents, the things that are natural for me. I go back to being that son of God, that worshiper, disciple maker, encourager, teacher, guide, mentor, friend. And I stop living the lie and believing in the power of the lie. Is the, pow is, is the lies, are the lies powerful? Yes. Is Jezebel real? Absolutely. But can Jezebel be destroyed by the power of the truth of God? Yes and amen. Don't believe the lie. What lie are you living from? A breakup, a challenge at work, a financial crisis, pro a problem that you had with a girlfriend, an ex, something that you read about you online or something that you believed. Maybe it was witchcraft. Maybe it was an addiction. Maybe it was a judge or a lawyer or an ex. Maybe it was your kids. What lie are you moving from? Are you living from? What excuses are you telling yourself on why you should keep believing the lie and, when you need to, and why you need to keep believing the lie? And what is the truth of God and what is that truth calling you to do? Is God speaking to you? As I said, he might be speaking to you and you might not be ready to listen. Elijah wasn't ready for a while. He was in the cave. You know, some people judge me. Uh, these last two years have judged me for not doing more, being this, being that, who I was, who I used to be, who they want me to be. Only I know how I have felt in the cave and when I could and could not listen to the voice of God. 
it was a process. Remember, Elijah was fed by ravens, was cared for by the widow. He was in the cave at first just healing. And no one can rush that healing. For me, it's taken someone I was, just, I was talking to, another mentor of mine. And he was saying, David, two years, you're barely coming out of surgery. That's nothing after what you went through two years ago today. And so sometimes we have to have permission to say, yeah, it's been two years, but that's, it feels like two days. And now I'm beginning to step out into the truth of who God is and just beginning to listen to the voice of God and believe the truth of God. I'm just beginning to say, Lord, use me. Lord, heal me. Thank you for what you're doing in my life. And so sometimes pastors, friends, leaders, good, well-meaning people will tell you, come on. I had a friend tell me that his pastor told him after he lost his wife that it had been three days get back to church. I mean, it's just tragic when people that we admire and love us drag us back into ministry. We have to, yes, we have to be aware and we have to, it's kind of a balance, balancing act and we have to know. We have to balance things out and, and, and make sure that we're not disobeying God or that we're not in sin, that we're not destroying our lives while we're supposedly getting healed. But if the healing takes a year or two or three or four, God knows because he knows what he wants to call you to. If God, if Elijah had heard God at the wrong time, maybe he wanted to get back in there. He wanted to get back at, at Jezebel. He wanted to show his, his people that he was awesome, whatever it, right? Then he would have been destroyed and killed. And then he would have been just another victim, another casualty instead of being the great prophet that Elijah was. So you have to be discerning of not listening to all the voices. I get so many texts and voices, people telling me things, not as much, but I used to at the beginning, saying all these things, mostly mean things, of what I should and, not, and should not be doing with my life. They didn't know that God was at work within me. And now, I don't know when, but sometime in the next, who knows, six months, this next season, as God, as God, not you, not man, not people, not even people close to me, as God says it's time, then he will call me like he did with, with Elijah. He said, go, return, anoint. It's about my kingdom, he says. There will always be a need. There will always be people that need worship and teaching and encouragement and, and a father figure, and I'm here for it. But I know that it's taken a while, like my mentor again said, you're just coming out of surgery, David. You're just getting out of surgery, out of the IC unit. Now it's time to go to a room and begin to do some PT, physical therapy, and in due time, God will, God will lift you up. And that's what he'll do with you, my friend. Don't be so in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry to be further further along than you really are. Let the Lord lead you. Wait on the Lord. Remember his goodness. Wait on God. Remember his mercies. Listen to his voice and listen to him. And sometimes he might say, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. Go. 
like with Noah, like with Jonah, like with Elijah. Sometimes God says, no, no, go. When the Lord says no, wait. When the Lord says no, wait. When the Lord says not yet, wait. When the Lord says go, then you go. Because that means that the kingdom is ready, that your assignment is ready, that it's time for you to go return anoint. And so I am ready. I, well, I am becoming ready. I am willing is what I meant to say. And I am listening. And I don't know when, but I feel like it's going to be sooner than later. God will say, go return anoint. And he will do that for you. Go return anoint in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here. If you, want, if you need my coaching, leave me a comment, DM me, follow me on Instagram at David Trigg. Thank you again for being here, and I'll see you next time. Adios.